Today I want to talk to you actually about being fruitful. Sometimes do we actually feel fruitful with our lives? Do we feel fruitful and in a way spiritually successful in how we live our lives and in what we do? See, sometimes I know we just feel like we're just getting by, we're just making it through the day, we're just a bit dead in the water is another phrase you might use. See, sometimes our lives just tick over and we just feel like we're just, we're just going, it's a nice gentle stroll in life. And sometimes we feel like we're just walking as fast as the wind can take us. But I want to ask you, is there intention and is there purpose around how you walk? You see, at the end of the last passage that we looked at in 2 Timothy 1, in verse 12, it says this, Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Can we in confidence say that about our lives? Do we know this God that we have believed in? Do we really know and remember and realize what Jesus did? Have you really entrusted everything to God? See, today I want to talk about a walk that happened. See, Jesus took a walk once and it changed these guys' lives forever. There was 12 people there, but only one had the faith to actually do something about it. See, this walk is so dramatic, and there is something that is just key to understanding what God has called us to. See, I want to just remind you of Peter. Peter had the faith whenever Jesus came walking to him on the water. Peter had the faith to step out of the boat. Jesus was walking in the midst of a storm. And in essence, that's how a lot of our lives feel at times. We feel like we're walking in storms. And I want to challenge you and encourage you about walking with God on the water. See, he's seen Jesus, and he said Jesus had the faith to walk through the storm and not rely on anything else, but be fully reliant on God and his provision. See, God provided a way for them to walk on the water. And through putting his trust and faith in Jesus, that actually transformed how he walked. I just wanted to remind you of that walk. Because in essence, that's how we need to view our lives on a daily basis. Every day we need to choose to get out of our boats, to get out of the comfort zones that we set around us, to get out of the easy, to get out of the normal. You see, it's an amazing when you look at a passage like that and you see that he had the faith to do what Jesus did. But he was only able to do what Jesus did whenever he put his faith into action and actually done something about it and actually allowed God's word to make a difference in his life. See, I want to remind you that this is a call for you to follow God every day. Are you going to choose to get out of the boat that you are in? See, when God gives you something, lays something in your heart, gives you someone to pray for, gives you something to do for someone, gives you a burning sensation in your heart about an issue or about something that you know you need to do something about? Do you do anything about it? Do you step out of your comfort zone and actually apply yourself to that? Do you pray for that person? Do you actually pray that God will heal them in Jesus' name? Do you um, pray for the miracle that they need in their life? Do you, whatever the situation is, do you pray about that injustice and actually make a difference about that injustice? Whatever it is that God has laid in your heart, are you willing to get uncomfortable and get out of the boat that you're in to actually see something happen in your life and see God meet you at that point of need? 
So Peter got out and he took his eyes off Jesus for a moment and then started to sink. But when, he, when Jesus caught him and raised him back up, he was walking on water again. See, are you ha having the courage to do that? Or are you like the other 11 disciples who never bothered moving? Are you like the other 11 who never bothered doing that? Today, Kerry read to us about John 15, about being fruitful. And I just want to read through that because this is a culture that we need to ingrain in ourselves. This is a kingdom culture that we need to invest ourselves in. See, we need to allow God to create this within us, a way of living our lives, a way of doing our daily walk with God that honors Him. And you see, our church is only going to be effective if we allow our lives to grow through God and in God. He needs to be the source of everything that we need. See, the very first line that Kerry read said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. See, sometimes we get this all wrong, the perspective all wrong about who's what and what's what. See, Jesus said he is the true vine. So in other words, he's the one that we only should be connected into to get what we need. See, you're never going to find happiness and contentment in your life if you're trying to get anything out of this life other than from God, other than being plugged into God. Football will never entertain you to the point where it'll transform your life, will it? No, it'll not give you what you need. Drink won't, drugs won't. Any other thing, gossip won't. Whatever you want to choose for to be your vice, for to be the thing that you try and plug into to try and find meaning in your life. Sometimes we live our lives with I want, I need, and I've got to have. And this is what we think that our lives are based around. Whenever Jesus himself said that we only live through the words of God, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's the only reason, and that's the only source of life that we as Christians should have. If you want to honor God and follow God, you've got to plug yourself into the source. Stop looking everywhere else. So Jesus said he is the true vine. So if what you've got isn't from the true vine, if it's not from God directly, then it's not for you. And this is why Jesus went on to say about um, that, you know what, if it's dead, God's going to cut it out of our lives. There's some, some of us invest our lives so heavily in stuff that's dead, the stuff that doesn't bring life and will never give you life. And your life is full of this dead stuff. And yes, there's, there's stuff happening and you can do stuff with it, but maintaining a dead garden is never going to make that garden grow. It's never going to actually cause anything good to happen. That's why God comes and cuts it out of our lives. It's only fit for throwing in the fire and being consumed by that fire. See, as you choose to follow God, you need to be prepared for God to cut stuff out of your life. If you really want to honor God with who you are and the life, you be prepared for him to move. Be prepared for him to just come in and just say, right, this has got to go. And it might not even be a bad thing. It might be something which is good, but it's, is it the best and is it what God intended and planned for you to, to have and to do? Be prepared. God will remove stuff from your life. If you really want to honor him and if you give him the freedom to move in your life, stuff will be removed. So God will remove the dead stuff, but there is some good stuff in our life too. 
There is some stuff which is actually causing us to grow and causing us as people to actually mature and actually do that. But what does God do with that? It's very similar, actually. Instead of cutting it all out, He prunes it. He actually, He sometimes removes some of the extra bits that is there, so it causes healthy growth. I'm sure any of you who are gardeners can relate to this. You end up working out and knowing how to cut bushes, which will just encourage them to grow. And in the same in your life and my life, we all need to be pruned by God. We need all for good growth to come in our lives. Because sometimes we grow in ways that maybe aren't intended for us. Sometimes we, uh, we need to just be refined and actually um, cause us to focus us in the right way. So both of them have cutting. One is a very brutal, blunt force, get rid of it because it's dead. The other actually cuts us back and reduces us and brings us back to the core message and actually allows us to grow healthily. I just want to encourage you to give God the permission to do whatever He needs to in your life, to take out whatever He needs to take out so that you can grow in the best way possible, whether it's through pruning or removing dead stuff in your life. See, God looks at your life and sees the good, the bad, and the ugly, and He wants to come and work in our lives, but He'll only do it with our permission. He'll only do it whenever we allow God to do it. See, we need to allow God freedom for full control. See, Jesus said in verse 3, that you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. See, as we look at our lives and look about the worthiness of our lives, I know many of us, a lot of the time, we feel unworthy in our walk. We feel unworthy because we know the mistakes we've made. We know the stuff that has divided us from God. We know the stuff that we feel ashamed of. Because I'm sure if right now on the screen, all the stuff that uh, you've done just this week that you're slightly ashamed of or, or, or disheartened by, if that came up on the screen for everybody to see, you'd want to run and hide. <laughs> I know all of us are like that. All the thoughts that we've had, all the stuff that we've done, everything like that. See, some of us feel like we're just weeds in the garden. We feel like, well, what use can I be to God? Well, sure, I'm just old. I'm just rotting. I'm just, you know, decrepit. Whatever excuse you want to use. You know, I'm too young. I'm too, you know, I don't have enough experience. I don't know how to pray for people. I don't know the right words to say. I can't, I'm not eloquent enough whatever lies you want to tell yourself. See, all of that stuff's directly from the devil, and anything which is telling you that you're disqualified from actually impacting people's lives in a positive way is not from God. See, you need to choose to listen to the words of Jesus. That's what he's saying here. I spoke my words and you're clean, so you're worthy because I say so. That's why we enter into God's presence We've done nothing to be worthy. That's why when through communion we remember what Jesus did because we know we're not worthy. We know we don't have the right, but yet God just says, come in, you've got the right. Come in. In verse 4 it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This is the beauty of what we are. We are cleaned by God. And as we remain in God, He invests in us. He flows through us. He gives us the nutrients and the, uh, the right things that we need so that we can thrive in our life. Jesus is the vine that we draw all of our resources from. Forget about all the other stuff which has given you life in the past. It's not real life. You'll never find life 
from attending a club. You'll never find life from doing anything. Not true life that lasts, not eternal life. See, we won't be able to bear fruit or grow in our lives if we don't allow ourselves to be connected to the life of God and the life that Jesus gives. We stay connected to Him, and that makes our walk worthy, and our lives will bear fruit. That's a promise in this passage, that your lives will bear fruit if we remain in Him and He remains in us. So we must stay connected. Verse 5, it reminds us, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. See, too often in this life, we allow things like circumstances around us to actually influence us and control us, and we actually allow um, the thoughts of the things around us and this, the thoughts of stuff outside of the kingdom of God to actually pull us away from God. We allow our vision to be skewed. See, the Bible actually does say that the things that we do, the best thing that you can do is like filthy rags before God. So the best thing that you try to do on your own is like filthy rags before God. Without the kingdom of heaven being part of it, it's just filthy rags. Without God doing it in you and through you and empowering you, it's not worthy. It's just throw it in the fire, forget about it. See, Jesus is simply saying that if what God intends with our lives. If God wants to do something in our lives, we have to be faithful to that, and we have to go and follow His leading so that we can live the fruitful life that He had planned for us to do. We've heard it many times as we've read Psalms in the past about, you know, God dreaming dreams for us, God writing down all the days of our lives before a day was born. But how often do we think about that in the midst of dark times and in the times where we struggle and times whenever we allow other influences to speak into our lives? It's not up to us to control life. We'll never be able to control life. We'll never be able to worry about things to the point where we actually can influence things. But what are we supposed to do with that worry and anxiety and fear and anything else that tries to distract us from the Word of God? We give it to Him. We come into His presence, we lay it at our feet. That's why the prayer meeting is so vital, because we just get to come in and just pour our hearts out to God and just say, God, come and speak. Come and lead our hearts and our thoughts and our minds so that we can actually connect together with Him. That's why it's so important for us, because God wants us to honor Him. God wants us to remain in His love. It's a place that we're meant to live from. It's not a place that we're meant to visit on a Sunday morning or every time we come to a meeting or every time we have a good little chat over a cup of tea with another Christian. It's not a place that, that, that we just visit frequently or infrequently. It's a place where we're meant to live. We're meant to set up our camp there. We're meant to live in that moment of being in His love, being rounded and rooted, grounded and rooted in love Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. See, the challenge that we all face here is remaining in God, remaining as it says in Romans uh, about the living sacrifice that stays on the altar. 
We've got to remain in Jesus' plan for our life. And when we remain in that place and when we stay connected to God, whenever we pray, things happen. Whenever we pray, people are healed. Jesus said here, ask and it will be done. Why? Because we are connected when we're praying and our hearts are aligned with God. Because when we're in that place of love and we're connected into God, we, whenever we're praying, we're praying God's will. We're praying God's kingdom come and His will be done. We're praying in line with His will whenever we're connected to His heart. That's why it's so key for us to stay in that place of love, to stay in that place in Him. And that's when our prayers get answered. When we pray the prayers that God intended us to pray, when we say the words that God intended us to say, when we hear the words God intended us to hear about our lives, this is our mission. This is how we show the world who God is. We become reflections of God because we live in His love every moment, every day. If you've never connected with God's heart, if you've never known this love of God to be in you and flowing in you, if you've never asked forgiveness for the sins, for the wrong things you've done, for the stuff which disqualifies you, do it right now. Take a moment right now and just say to God you're sorry. Say to God that you give up your plans, you give up your ways, you give up your thoughts, and you want His plans and His ways and His thoughts to live in you. You, forget, you find the forgiveness that Jesus freely offers through what he did through the finished work of the cross. Maybe you've walked with God for a while and you've walked away from God and you're just not listening and living in that place of love, living in that place where you're connected to the vine, where you're letting the life of God flow through you. I just want to encourage you to stop what you're doing Stop trying to be the gardener that's actually cutting stuff out. Stop trying to be um, in control. Stop trying to worry about things that you can't do anything about. Stop trying to lead your life in the way that you think is best and turn to God and allow Him to lead the life in the way He had planned for you to live it. I want to challenge you with that. So what does it mean for our life? It means we'll know the love of God. If we do these things and give our life to God and stay in that place of living in Him, it says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's lives for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love one another. So will you know the love of God today in your life? Will you know this love that Jesus has just reminded us of? Will you allow yourself to be connected into God 
Or are you still going to try and hold on to the stuff that you're trying to hold on to, the dead wood in your life that has grown and that is actually dragging you away and causing you to die? We need to draw our life only from God, only from Jesus. Jesus said, I live my life in a way that connects with the Father, so look at me and learn from me. That's what Jesus was reminding his disciples of here. I've shown you how to love each other. I've shown you how to live your life with purpose and meaning. I've shown you how to get out of the boat and walk on water. I've shown you how to do these things. But it's our choice whether we let God come into our life and work, whether we let God's voice come into our life and speak. See, are we going to go into all the world and actually allow the world to show us how to live? Or are we going to go to God, get connected to God, and go out and show them what real life is all about? Jesus said, the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life, and life in all its fullness. Are you plugging into the life in all its fullness that comes directly from God? Will you follow Jesus' example and lay down your life for others? Jesus laid down his life. That's our example to follow. What are you willing to sacrifice so that your friends may see God in you? See, Jesus has given us all that we need to live a life that is strongly rooted in God and a life that matters and a life that will transform this world. It says that we will go and bear fruit if we love one another, if we actually care about one another, if you care enough to lay down your life so another may live. Will you give your life so that others may find Jesus? Will you give yourself to God this morning so that you can be transformed My hope and my prayer is that through these few quick thoughts that you will just allow your life to be plugged only into God and that's the only place your life will come from. Because firstly, we love God and then we love others as we love ourselves. But firstly and foremostly, love God. Be connected to him and then show the world what a real disciple is like. That's my encouragement to you today. We can do this. Why? Because Jesus has told us we can. And Jesus is there to guide us and protect us. The very word of God is written down so that we can learn from it. The very acts that Jesus did is there so he can show us what we can do whenever we give our lives to him. So just give your life to him every single moment of every day. Live in that place of remaining connected Don't try and control stuff you can't control. Don't try and worry about things that will never change. But give your life to him and allow his life to flow in you and through you. Let's just pray together. God, the prayer for our life is that we would be fruitful. It is that we would do something worthy and something that will transform lives. God, we don't want to just live our life mediocre. We don't want to live our life just surviving day to day. We want to live our life full of fruit, full of uh, the goodness that you've done in us and through us. God, we want to be real disciples. We want to be true disciples that follow you and honor you with all of our lives, not just a little bit. So God, we just say, come Lord and have your way in us. Come Lord and move in our lives. Come Lord and transform us. Let us hear your voice and let us follow God, we thank you, we love you, and we honor you. 
and we take every single moment of every day to remain connected to you. God, thank you for accepting us, not as we wish we were, but as we are, not as we were in the past, but as we are. God, you offer your forgiveness for all the wrong we've ever done. So God, may we keep a short account with you. And every time we do something wrong, we run to our loving Father and not try and hide from him. God, we just come to you and give you permission to work in our lives. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Amen.